The Bible Study Podcast, episode 605. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Mark with chapter 13. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Continuing on in Mark 13, the destruction of the temple and signs of the end times. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these buildings, Jesus replied? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down or enter the house to take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter, because those will be the days of distress unequaled from the beginning, when God created the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the select whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. 
Jesus does not in the gospel talk that much about the future other than his own death and resurrection. And this is one of those sections where he is definitely talking about things yet to come. The question is, which things? Because there's two different things going on here. As we said in the heading, destruction of the temple and the signs of the end times. And the thing that gets confusing here is he seems to jump back and forth between one or the other, or maybe we just don't understand. And that is certainly a possibility. We know elsewhere in the gospel that Jesus says that the Father knows the times for the end times, that is, and no one else does. And it is easy for us to say, well, this is so bad, this must be the end times. And many people have said it. In our generation, in other generations, people have ended up on mountaintops being told that you know next Thursday is when Jesus will come back and have been frustrated because he didn't. If you have a friend who's a Jehovah's Witness, that's actually how the Jehovah's Witnesses started is somebody predicted, again, one of these sort of predictions that Jesus will come on October 15th or whatever day it was. People gathered on the hill and nothing happened. And so this teacher said, well, yes, he did come back, but he didn't come back in that way. They went astray as they went up on the mountaintop, but they stayed astray as they then continued to believe this false teacher. So this will happen, and this does happen. So let's try and see how much we can make sense of this. One of the things that's quite clear is part of the thing he's talking about it is the destruction of the temple, and that has happened from where we sit, will happen from where the disciples are. That happens in 70 AD. The Jews rebel against the Romans in 66 AD, and because of that, Jerusalem is captured, the walls are torn down, the temple is destroyed, and has not been rebuilt since. So when you go to Jerusalem and you see the Western Wall, sometimes called the Wailing Wall, although that is not the correct term for it, that is a portion of the wall that supported the Temple Mount. But the temple itself, gone. And so when the disciples, when one of the disciples says, look at what magnificent buildings, Jesus says, it's all temporary. It's all going to get thrown down. And they say, the kind of questions we want to ask, tell us when. And it's interesting that Jesus doesn't tell them when. First of all, again, we read elsewhere that that is for the Father alone to know. But the other thing is, he tells them not when, but he tells them what they need to know. Right? He tells them, don't let anyone deceive you, saying that I am he, saying that I am Jesus. Right? There's a lot of stuff that's going to happen. Nation rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes, famines, fires, all that kind of stuff. Don't let anyone deceive you. Stay on your guard. Basically, and elsewhere, when Jesus does come again, someone will say he's there, someone will say he's there. You will know, is what he said. You will know. If you have any doubt that Jesus is back, Jesus isn't back. Okay? And then he also tells them the other thing they need to know is between now and the end of their days, there will be this time of great persecution. Uh, One of the ones who's standing there, James, will be the first to die 
very early on in the book of Acts, we see that recorded. His is the only death that is recorded in the Bible because the others happen just a little later, and they happen dispersed over time. But they happen just around the time that the Bible is concluded writing, except for the book of Revelation, book of Revelation written later, but doesn't talk about them. So we have them from the early church fathers. We learn about when uh, Peter and Andrew die, and then John lives to an old age but lives in exile. But they live through this time of persecution that is coming. And so he spends more time talking about what they need to know. There's this time coming where people are going to be turning in their siblings, whether you're going to be standing before kings as witnesses to them and governors, you're going to be arrested and brought to trial. People are going to hate you. Now, that is not usually a good recruiting term, but this is the truth. This is something that they need to know. But then around verse 14, it suddenly seems like he's not talking about their time of persecution, but a time of persecution much, much later, still in our future. Because now he's talking about the abomination that causes desolation and those days and let's hope that it doesn't happen in winter and if these are not cut short that no one will survive. That appears to be talking about the end of days. False prophets coming, sun darkened, moon won't give its light, stars falling from the sky. Hasn't happened yet so far as I know. And then the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, we know that hasn't happened yet. In fact, he says, if you someone says that it's happened, don't listen to them, you will know. Everybody's going to know at that point. And so that is definitely in the future. And so when he says at the point of the end of this section here, that will happen in your lifetime, That is true except for James for the first part here, but it is not true for the second part. And so that has left some room for confusion. In fact, it has confused the disciples. They were expecting, especially early on in the church, that Jesus would come again quickly. And yet he had said, not until the gospel is preached to all peoples, which they knew hadn't happened yet, and still they weren't sure. We are sure that it didn't come in their days, but we never know if it's going to come in ours or or a thousand years later from now. We don't know. And it's frustrating not to know. But again, Jesus, as he is addressing this issue, talks more about what we need to know. We need to know to stand firm to the end when we're in times of persecution. We need to know that Jesus is coming again with great power and glory. We need to know that the date is known, that the end is written. Like the novelist who writes the last chapter first, God knows how this story ends. So whatever we go through is a time to get through to the end, which is already written. And then this last section, which I said was elsewhere in the gospel, it's right here. The day and hour unknown. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. 
If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. And in this whole section, basically, the disciples never get their question answered, right? When is this going to happen? And he even says, I don't know. It's not for me to know. It's the one thing I can think of that Jesus says, that's for the Father to know and not the Son. But he does tell them the one thing they need to know, the one thing we need to know, and that is, watch and be ready. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.